What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. We're here with Jay Woodson, McLean Boyd, myself, Mike Maroney. Welcome back. We hope everyone enjoyed the best week of the year, the Masters. How are you, gents? Doing great, Doing fantastic. man. Great. Doing fantastic. What uh, What are you guys sipping on tonight? Well, I said after I got home from the Masters that I wasn't drinking for like a week or so. Oh, on grapes. On grapes. Um, I picked up a bottle of Russell's 13, Ooh. which is phenomenal. So, yeah, without going into too much detail, Ricky, if you're listening to the pod, I've got uh, just a simple take on Russell's 13. It's fabulous. You should go get a bottle if you can get it. Um, it's wow. awesome. Wow. You met my challenge of your Instagram post when I said, can you, you made your picks under 90 seconds. I wasn't sure if you could talk about your bourbon under 90 seconds. You just did it. Nailed it. Barely. Barely. It go. did take me like three or four takes to get my picks under 90 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was doing mine from our vacation home, our rental home on the front porch. And like the next door neighbor was out, like she was a resident, wasn't renting a house. I was in a rental and she was out like watering her flowers and planting flowers. And you could tell she kept like looking over like, who's this guy talking to? What's he doing? Like you were when i first listened to it i was like wow why is he talking so fast and then i then i realized that we need we only had 90 seconds only had 90 seconds instagram allowed you 90 <laughs> seconds for a reel and i was trying to explain why we were doing it this way so i had extra than just saying my picks you're like hey mike we're right here emergency <laughs> oh, nine podcast i love i loved it it was funny that was like me giving me my giving uh my picks after the rollback conversation <laughs> yeah yeah that was six picks in four and a half seconds yeah, I actually had some pretty good feedback on that. I had a couple of buddies I talked to like, that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, what? I'm uh, sorry. I am. Um, I was going to take some time off from drinking as well. We had some family in town over the weekend. So we went away for a few days. That's why we didn't have a show. We apologize. It was some spring break for Jay and I with our kids and uh, went away for a few days. So of course, I had a fair share of drinks then. And we had family in town for Easter weekend, I had a good number of drinks. I'm like, take a couple of days off. Well, I took one day off. I didn't drink yesterday. I am taking it easy. We're doing a little high noon tequila seltzer tonight. Um, nice. No, no bourbon. So, like it. I like it. it. But what I guess high, we're, we're, noon, high noon tequila. They've got tequila seltzers now. Tequila seltzers now. They're, They're so good. Fantastic. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That, awesome. uh, at least two of them have that little bit of spice in it, and I, I, I'm a big They're, fan. Yeah, they're very good. Very good. Yeah. Pricey, but very good. So um, before we get into the Masters, as far as the play goes, we need we had boots on the ground. McLean, give us give us a little detail of your experience at Augusta National. Uh it was fantastic. And I've got a I've got a ton of pictures and stuff I'm gonna send over. And uh, I think we'll try to have Luke, if he doesn't mind, putting together something cool for us so we can post it out for everyone to see. Um, but long story short, just had an incredible, incredible couple of days. Um, we got there on Thursday and immediately went over to the hospitality house. Shout out to the 1811 club. If you've never been, uh, you have to go. It is unbelievable. It's 1811 Azalea drive right across the street from Magnolia lane. And, uh, it's just a good time. So we get there, they've got six different bars set up massive buffet of food all done by an iron chef guy who won iron chef. Uh Um, So it's a celebrity chef in there. 
cigars, massages, um, got to meet some cool people. There's TVs everywhere. Uh, no, it wasn't one of those massages. It was on the deck. Okay. In front of All right. Was, I, was just, I never know. It's Augusta. Look, had it have been, I'd have paid extra. But long story short, it was only like 250 bucks for the day. You get in and you absolutely get to just go to town, sit there, feast, watch golf, meet a bunch of like-minded individuals that you know are there for the golf. Um, they had the Crown Royal Bar on the top floor, uh, the Crown Royal Girls, the Crown Royal Throne. Um, I, I do have pictures of that. Uh, I got the girl. I, I did get the girls to take a picture of me. Like, hey, look, I'm a host of a podcast. Uh, you know, try to put some content. Kind of a, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, you know, they they were more than happy to oblige, and uh, we had a, a incredible time. Went back. We stayed on this little houseboat that I'm telling you. It, when I tell you it was small, and you guys see the pictures, you'll have a good time. The best part, and this is kind of funny, and no one knows about this yet. So, me and a good buddy of mine went, and my wife the night before goes, McLean, I fucked up. I said, well, what are you talking about? Because she got this for me for Christmas. She said, they updated the description on the houseboat. So it says it's for short people only. The ceilings are 5'10". I'm like, oh, shit. Well, my buddy's 6'5". <laughs> so literally the entire time we're inside that thing, every few minutes I'd hear, boom, shit, boom, fuck, <laughs> damn it. I mean, just hitting his head on every single piece. Um, the bathroom was left a lot to be desired, to say the absolute very least. Uh, but the experience, and as we talked about, it, had a little deck that set out on the uh, Savannah River, and we sat out there and listened to music and you know, deleted a couple beers. We had a great time. We absolutely had a great time. Woke up Friday, went to the tournament, thought it was going to be bad weather. And by the time we got there and got through the gates, the clouds had parted. It was absolutely incredible. Um, <laughs> this actually gets pretty good. So we just have a big morning, walk all around, see most of the golf golf course, go see Amen Corner, and get back to lunch. And all of a sudden, the crowd's kind of all out on the golf course, and we're like, all right, you know, let's go run to the golf shop real quick and then go drop our stuff at the car. So we go in the golf shop, grab all our stuff. Our car's parked at Olive Garden, mind you. So we walk <laughs> out, drop our stuff and you know, at the Masters, which is fantastic. No bitching. Love the place. Augusta, if you're listening kudos but they don't have liquor in there and we were both like man what i'd give for a transfusion right now it would just man that'd be just a great cap so we're like all right let's hit up the olive garden bar at augusta <laughs> so we go hit olive garden for a little bit got a got a liquor drink uh, and some soup salad and breadsticks and then uh head back into the tournament have a great afternoon until four o'clock when the rain hit again and we come back out and my buddy's like let's go back to the 1811 club so we literally go back out there and we, we don't have passes to get in. And we just kind of ballet, walk up front, act like we're supposed to be there. Walk up like, all right, guys, is there any way we can come back? We love this yesterday. Can we pay you again? What does it take? They let us pay again and get back in, even though they, I think they were sold out of tickets. And during when it rains, everyone kind of fills those places up. But they were nice enough to let us get back in. Again, another big time was had. Uh, we left there. My sister-in-law works at uh runs a red lobster in augusta on washington road so i'm like all right i got it let's go find her we'll go find there and the only reason i bring that up because i want everyone to know that i was able to fit in the masters an olive garden and a red lobster all into one day and that's hard to do <laughs> that, those are boxes that you never thought you would check at the same time but we did it had a big time the sizzler is out of reservations the sizzler was full parking lot back <laughs> couldn't make it in uh but it was just at the end of the day it had an 
absolute incredible time. Uh, stopped at a friend's house in Hilton Head on the way back. That was that was another late night, and then uh, drove back uh, death adjacent uh, on Sunday. So at yeah, the end yeah. of the day, like I said, that, that was a little bit long-winded. I've got some cool picks. I've got some good stuff. Can't wait to uh, get everyone or get that stuff put together for everyone to see. But uh, it was great because my buddy who I'd taken, it was the first time he'd ever been there. And he, he's a he's a golfer, a golf fan, but not, not someone like we are. And he literally said as we're leaving, he goes, I will be back every year. I'm never not coming <laughs> back. He had that good of a time. And that's what the Masters is about. The camaraderie, some of the guys we met, we got invited to a free steak dinner at a, uh, these guys' house that we met one night. Um, it was just a lot of fun. And I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to go. Smoked the, go- the golf shop, by the way. Absolutely smoked it in there. Oh, good. you have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had the patron hat this year, which is was this year's kind of the one-word hat. I think last year they had the Azalea and the year before, I think Game in Corner. I think that's how that works. But this year they had the patron hat. So I had to scoop up one of those um, amongst a a myriad of other incredible. I don't even want to, don't even say how much you spent, but I know that it was a lot. (laughs) You have no choice. Look, my my bag was full. My buddy checked everything out and they filled up. He had three bags walking out and I just had one. (laughs) I mean, yeah, what, what, you don't know when you're going to go back. So you have to, you have to do it. hundred percent. You had to yeah. do it. And, you know, there's so much good stuff in there. I mean, he, it was funny. He's, he was the guy buying dog bowls and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, all right, let me get everyone checked off my list that I got to get checked off for. And a couple items for pro here, but uh, yeah, good, good time was had. That's, That's awesome. 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 Feel bad yeah. for everyone that had Saturday tickets, man. The weather was absolutely oh, atrocious. Man, I, I have a I have a member who was there on Saturday, and actually then he was at the club on Sunday for Easter brunch. And I'm like, man, how was it yesterday? And he's like, I've never – because I think the last time I was that wet was I played a, call, a high school football game in an absolute downpour. He goes, but we just – it was him and his father, and they just like – they knew we were going to be wet and cold, and they bundled up and put as much rain gear on as possible and just said, hey, we're going to deal with it. we got tickets for Saturday, so this is what we're doing. But it looked brutal out there on Saturday. I want to know how but, many umbrellas they sold in the crowd. All you could see was that green and white Masters umbrella. It's the only I, umbrella yeah. you saw. Yeah, so I'm thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, I wonder if they they looked at the weather and was, they were able to stockpile those in the in the shop and just have them. Have them available. They were all over the place. My brother in law was like, "Did they give those out for free or what?" <laughs> Everybody had them. Are those free? Yeah. So. All right, let's get into a little of the actual golf, huh? Mr. John Rahm um, is pretty good, in case anyone was wondering out there. He starts off the tournament with a four-putt double. He gets the bad side of the draw, which was like a a two-and-a-half stroke penalty, and he still wins by four. (laughs) It's just... God, the guy is just good. I I think I'm I think I now like John Rom. I've always said I've been kind of on the fence. I don't really hate him. Don't really like him. I'm starting I like him to. As a, I like him as a golfer. I'm starting like, to like I him as a person him. now too. Like he, I don't know. I, I I like the guy now. I do. He he likes the the history and the tradition. He knows freaking everything about Spanish golf, man. That guy he knows the the history of of Spanish golf, and sure. yeah, it's just. I was I was definitely rooting for him since 
all my bets were not in play come Sunday. Um, Jay and, and I came down you to where Rom or Brooks was going to win. Yeah. Yeah, it, it got, got close there. It was very they tight for you guys. Tight. Yeah. It got tight. Um, yeah. It, it was, yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, obviously, I picked Rom, and I, you know, I had, had a feeling he would play well just because he's just been playing. So, overall, I know the last couple of weeks, have been a little shaky but for a guy like that you know i just feel like that's when they're on the verge of of because the, the pressure was a little off like oh rom's not playing hasn't been playing that great this is this is scheffler's tournament rory's tournament and then you obviously we saw what those guys did and you know speaking of rory you know nothing to take away from from john rom i mean he played incredibly well uh, you know especially that first day that set, set the tone but you know, I feel like Rory at this point is just one. I don't think he'll ever win at Augusta. I just don't think that he likes the golf course. He can't seem to uh, adapt and fix or or figure out what what works for him there. And two, you know, right now he's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders when it comes to you know you know golf in the in the U.S. and you know PGA Tour golf, which is a little unfair. I mean, some of which he's he's put on himself, but. Like you can't, uh, and everyone knows that that he wants to win this tournament to win the the career grand, grand slam. So it's like he's he's putting all this unnecessary pressure. You know, like I said, I think I mentioned this maybe to you guys or somebody else. He needs to he needs to take the the Sergio approach and just say I can't win on this golf course. And then boom, there you go. Then you then you win. You know, when you you kind of you kind of diffuse and you you lay it out there. You know, like hey, I don't think I'll ever win here. And I know that sounds terrible, but it's kind of a defense mechanism for a, a professional golfer's mentality. You know, you lay that out there to, to the general population and the general public. You know, knowing that hey, deep down you're like I can I can win there, but they don't think I can because I said it. And now you just you free yourself up. You know, I, I don't love that strategy, but at this point, the strategy that he's had for the last ten years hasn't worked. So, you know, he's got to do something different. Yeah, I think I think the pressure is getting to him. I, I'm not going to say he'll never win, but it's going to be he's going to have to be like coming in overlooked and not talked about and not almost not playing well, and then just have like a surprise weekend because when oh, yeah. he does come in kind of playing well like he has been this year, and even going into last year, he's been playing. You know, we're talking about a three headed monster with Rom Scheffler and Rory. And then I think everyone's been rooting for him and just because of, you know, him taking on the live tour, whatever you want to say there. But, you know, I think he's going to have to surprise us one year and almost be in a slump and then just yeah, like a, talked a, about a back backdoor, you know, 65 on Sunday. Like, like, oh, where did this come from? Kind of and, thing. Yeah. He he gets in early, posts a number, and some some crazy stuff happens on the back nine Sunday. Yeah, that that's the only way I could see him see him get it done. I just yeah. if he's a if he's a a front runner there, the expectations just just get to him. And I mean, just get to him. And that's nothing against Rory. I mean, I, I I'm one of his biggest fans. Like I think you know, and I think a lot of people would agree when that guy's on. I don't think that there's anybody uh, really that can beat him when he is he is on point when he's driving the ball well and hitting his irons well. And and I would I would compare him against any other player who is, you know, fully on point. The only other person right now it would be probably John Rahm. If you're if they're doing everything well, um, I, I just don't know if there's too many. I don't think there's any guys that can beat him other than maybe Rahm at this point. Um, 
But, you know, that's not easy to do. I mean, no. rarely do you see a guy, you know, just firing all cylinders. I mean, we were spoiled to, to watch Tiger for 10 years who who actually did that. It's just not – it's really not that common. <laughs> but let's go – I mean, so I'm done picking Rory. I'm done. I love him too. He's one of my favorites. He's When's first. his next tournament? He'll win that one. He, he was supposed to play this week with a WD. Um, but, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm done picking him. I'm going to root for him, but I'm done picking him. I'm done putting money on him for sure. Rory, if you're listening, um, you owe me some. But, yeah, I I don't know. I think he just grips it too tight and just gets a little nervy. His, his rhythm doesn't look just quite right to me. When he's playing his best, it's that free-flowing, balanced, long, smooth golf swing. Um, and it just doesn't seem like he has it in some of some of the biggest moments when he needs it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, John Rom. let's get back to him. The winner. I mean, the guy, it was like, you know, at first I was like, man, I don't want, I don't want a, a Brooks runaway. One not, had nothing to do with Brooks or live. I just didn't want to run away. Cause we've had a few of those in the last few masters. And all honestly, they haven't been that great of finishes. Scotty Scheffler was a runaway. DJ was a runaway. Hideki Matsuyama was a runaway. Um, and so I just didn't want to run away. I didn't I mean, think Rom was going to turn around and run away. Yeah, it kind of ended up being a runaway. It was kind of a lackluster back nine on Sunday, but you know, for the entire tournament, it it, it wasn't that. But correct, yeah. Well, he's it, just it, guys it just steady, was, man. It was Brooks missed some shots. I think pace of play kind of slowed Brooks down. He got out of his rhythm because um, Brooks had some opportunities to get it back or kind of hang in there, and. He just kind of missed some shots. You know, he hit it left at 12, over the green left at 12, which should have been a bread and butter shot for him. Um, he didn't take advantage of um, uh, 13, which should have been bread and butter hole for him. You know, he did make some birdies at uh, 15 and 16. But at the end of the day, you know, he had some opportunities early on to keep that a little bit closer. And Rom did what he was supposed to do. You know, he made some birdies earlier in that in that round. He didn't have to get as aggressive as 12 as Brooks needed to. You know, he hit it over there on that left side, just kind of the left center of the bunker, where Brooks needed to get it over there on that right side closer to the pin. I mean, he's hitting a wedge, for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, and he tugged it left over the green, giving one of, leaving one of the hardest chip shots on the golf course. And then he misses the green from there, doesn't even get it on the green. You know, I mean, that that's where, you know, there it could have been a lot closer. I'm not going to try to blame everything on pace of play, but I also think that Brooks allows himself to be bothered. I, yeah, I was, exactly. I was going to say the same thing. He, he, I mean, I, I think about some of the other closers, and, and this is the first time that, that Brooks has lost a 54 hole lead in a major. Um, and you think of these these closers, these front runners, but the one thing that he lets uh, there's a, a couple things that he, that happen to Brooks where he lets them bother him, and it becomes an excuse for him. Like that was like the first thing. Well, you know, John Rom took 16 bathroom breaks, and Patrick Cantlay was taking 15 minutes to read a putt. So what, dude? So what? Figure it out. Like you you're trying to win a major, and mentally tough. 
you know, and I, as good as he is, I don't think that he's as mentally tough as, you know, or he's a, he's a, you know, he's a closer. He's a, he's a go-getter. Like he's tough, you know, he's tough minded. He's not very tough minded. He's a front runner. Like when things are going great, he it, it's, it's good. But if things get a little off the rails, he has a hard time, you know, bringing it back together. And that's, that's, I mean, again, we're, we're, we're splitting hairs here, sure. you know, we're picking flaws for a guy who's a four time major champion, but in terms of winning this tournament, you know, that's what stood out. Is like, he just let the little things bother him too much. Like I said, the pace of play, you know, whatever it was, you know, a couple little shots here, or there, and it was always kind of an excuse. Like, how about, you know what? I just didn't play well enough. You know, yeah. that's, that's, what I, that's what I want to hear. Like, I don't want to hear all the excuses of why you didn't win. And yeah, he, he, brought he, was, the, he brought up all the bad breaks he got like immediately. Oh, yeah, it's like, all right, yeah, how about just, like, hey, you know what, wasn't my day, I didn't play well, you know, and I think if he would accept that and just, I think he would, but that's not him, but if he were to do that, I think more people would respect him a little bit more at the, of the sure. with the, the player and the talent that he is, and he wouldn't come back, you know, come across so, you know, we use the word kind of, you know, douchey or whatever we want to call it, you he know. would be a little more endearing. Across that way. Yeah, he was, I will say he was, he did seem to, handle you know the 18th green he, he looked like he had a nice exchange with john rom and he he wasn't kind of a jerk about it which is easy to do when you you kind of throw away a major and get a little bitter but he wasn't he, he kind of looked like he was very sincere and congratulating john rom which i thought was, yeah. was pretty cool um but yeah you know even, you know there was that one picture where they're kind of yucking it up sitting next to each other on a bench you know i don't think that and i think the media does a poor job of trying to create rivalries and create stories with a lot of these guys when you hear about from the players they're like no nah, you know we kind of still all conversate we play a lot down there in jupiter you know we see each other there's not that hatred there are some you know don't get me wrong yeah. there's certain guys that that does exist and it's very true but i think the media does a poor job of trying to portray that in a worse light than it truly is and trying to create that conflict and that poor energy between players just for a story instead yeah. of instead of having something based off of fact you know i think brandel chamblee is probably the worst at that I, i'm not a brandel fan um, he's one for the story, one for the drama, one to try to create a line and create something that brings him more, um, more camera time. And unfortunately, I think that's, that's the reality of media across a bunch of different facets. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know, getting back to the golf, I think Brooks had a great tournament. I think he let it get to him and that's, and that's really where he lost it. I don't think he necessarily yeah. got beat per se, and that's not a negative towards John Robb. I think Brooks was right there, and he let some things affect his energy. Uh, I think he had every bit and every opportunity to stay right there with Rom and keep it close down to the end, where then Rom could have had a chance to really go out there and win it. But for him not to contend late on the back nine, I think it was more of a fact of Brooks letting the the front two-thirds of the golf course get in his way and the things that were happening around him. Um, I will say... Patrick Cantlay's statement today on his slow play is a tro it was atrocious. And I was a Patrick Cantlay fan, but it was just uh, did y'all see that? Yeah, I I saw it. I the one thing I didn't pay attention enough to was I think they were being held up too. I think the entire <laughs> golf course was just slow as shit. I think in all honesty, I think Cantley was getting too much heat be just because he was in the group in front. And then there's like the one the one video of Hovland hitting the chip on 13 when Cantlay is still like 50 yards from the green because 
there was a backup like everywhere. So I'm not sure it was just a Patrick Cantlay problem. Well, that's what Cantlay needed to say. Well, he kind of did. No, he said that, well, a golf course like that just takes time. You know, the the tough hole location is just it takes longer to play a golf tournament like that. No, it doesn't take everyone else that. Well, he, I mean, he did say like that. when they walked up on two T, he goes, the other group was still there. And then he said, yeah, we had to wait on 15 fairway. We had to wait on 18 fairway. So and that that was the correct statement. The way he said it was yeah. just basically saying that it's OK for me to be that slow when it's like, no, it, sure. it's OK. It's OK for the course to be that slow. It's really not. But it's OK if the field is that slow. And that, that's what he needed to come out and be and make a yeah. little stronger point on. I thought it was kind of a statement to make a statement didn't address the actual problem and basically said, it's okay if I'm that slow. That's how I read it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple of different, a couple of different statements from Cantlay and, and I've, I've heard the same one you said, Mike, but then I've also seen that he basically came out and said, we waited, you know, basically all day. And then I've heard that it was, you know, Sam Bennett was the, the amateur was really taking a long time, which surprised me a little bit. I really didn't pay attention didn't to it. That. that, that kid that, takes forever. Well, that's just what I, that's just what I, what I heard. And then, you know, again, he's an amateur, you know, speaking of him, you know, I, I know we're, we're, we're on it, but the, the, it kind of made some really weird snarky comments. I thought like he did, he, did you hear the comment? He said that Augustus Gus is not that hard. I'm like, dude, uh, we know that it's not the hardest golf course, but why are you saying that? Yeah, you want to come back here, dude? Do you want to come back? I mean, I know they'll still probably invite you back because you're the you're the only man to make the cut, the low end. But like, yeah, come on, dad, dude, have some have some coot here, and like, you can't say that. Just yeah, say, hey, he was, this is he was feeling himself. He said that after round two, right? When he's yeah, yeah, and then he went backwards. Yeah, yeah. Well, and at the same time, you know, unfortunately, he didn't have the the correct preparation that most of these players have because on. It's unfortunate, but no one probably forecast him to be in that spot. There was no one before he got no. there like, hey, you're going to threaten and you're going to be in the little room. You know, you're going to be given interviews and you need to know and be a little bit coached on what to say, what not to say. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. I just don't, I think that's more of what that was. And I'm okay with him being confident. I don't think saying necessarily, I mean, you got to be smarter than that to say, but I think Rich was, was harder than this last year um, to get there. And it's like, ah. Yeah, of course it is. Of course, of course, that golf course was. I mean, that's that's what it's designed to be. But like, say that at Augusta in their (laughs) press conference room. Yeah, just don't say it. Yeah, because that's like Fred Ridley pulled him aside and said, "Listen, son, say that again. Last time you say anything like that, you ever want to come back? (laughs) I mean, that's part of the the genius of of Augusta and the Masters is they they set it up for some birdies on it. They want some birdies and eagles. They want some fireworks." Yeah, yeah, they they blend of any golf course. They blend the best of being really difficult and easy at the same time. Like there's unbelievably hard golfers on that hole, but there's they're gonna give you a couple chances each day with a couple hole locations that are gonna give those guys a chance to make birdies or eagles or there's a couple funnel pins out there. And yeah, and that's like, why that's why the back nine at Augusta on Sunday is usually pretty electric. You know, yeah. again, we, we, Ron was pulling away at that point, which is, again, you want to see a guy, you know, play well and it's great to see him win, but for the, for the, the viewing public to watch the back nine was pretty boring. You know, there's just really no drama yeah. at that point. I mean, we, we, I think we try to create drama, but in the grand scheme of things, he was 
the, John Rahm was in control of his golf ball and no one was close. Like it wasn't, <laughs> there was really no drama. Um, but typically that's what's fun about the back nine at Augusta because there's a lot of holes. You've got 10, 11, 12, uh, 13 can be, you know, birdies, eagles, bogeys, doubles, which we've seen. Jordan Spieth did collapse. Um, you know, we, we've seen these big, big numbers. And then 18 used to be a, a, a layup. You know, it was like a no-brainer. Now, especially with the weather and, and how soft it played and weather, how long it was. Yeah. I mean, I watched Justin Thomas. I mean, hell, we watched Tiger Woods basically pop it, you know, when he, you know, finishing, you know, his round uh, before he withdrew. But we watched Justin Thomas hit a wood in, uh, you know, on, on, on Saturday, I guess, which was his second round. But, I mean, it played impossible, you know. So now you're looking at, you know, you know you've got a, a hole that you, it's like, if I make a par, like, that's pretty good. So it's not a guarantee that you're going to make a par on 17 and 18 when, when the conditions are like that. So, um, you know, a lot of opportunities for some, for some birdies, eagles and bogeys and doubles. So that, that's what makes it fun. Yeah. And going back, not, not getting off topic, but talking about this, the golf course real quick for a second, you can't imagine the camber to those fairways until you're actually there and you see the elevation change, the shape that the fairways have all the side hill lies. And you're right. There are a lot of those funnel pins out there. I mean, uh, even 11 on Sunday, that back left flag, you know, you hit that kind of sweeping draw in there. You land it in the, the middle front portion of the green. You kind of let it run back there. But if you miss it sure, on either side, short, you're wet, long, you're fucked. It doesn't matter. It's it's a very difficult shot, but it does give you that opportunity that if you hit a good shot, you are rewarded. You know, 13, uh, par five, you are rewarded. You get over to the 15, par five, good shot. You are rewarded. 16 that's always a funnel flag on sunday so you always see a lot of close shots in there and give a good opportunity to make birdie um even 18 has a somewhat of a funnel flag if you can hit it far enough that you can hit something in there and bring it back off of that slope um so you are you are correct about that there are those but what i did notice is that the elevation change the camera in the fairways is more than anyone could ever grasp from watching it on tv without with this not even up for discussion mm. on the back side no. of that though you do get the opportunity to hit those shots where it funnels down there. But if you miss those locations, you know, you go left on 18, you're toast. You go left on 16, you got to find another golf ball. You hit it short or long on 15, short, you find another golf ball. Long, you're finding another golf ball in the fourth shot because you chipped it over the green. Mm-hmm. Um, 12, same thing, you're hitting a wedge in there. But if you go long and left, you had one of the hardest chip shots on the golf course. We saw Brooks. You go short and right. Well, we've all seen that. Unless you're Freddie Couples, probably not going to work out well for you. I think once Freddie did that, they're like, ah, go ahead and shave that down. We ain't having that shit happen again. Um, there's a lot of those opportunities out there, and it's it's such a cool, unique golf course. The turf is just a different color. It is it is absolutely pristine. I mean, I, all you want to do is sit out there and rip wedge shots. The biggest thing that I don't understand, and it's just baffling to me, that practice facility. So when we first walked out there, we walked through the gates, we came to the north gate, and we go right there by the practice facility. And I got to watch Freddie Couples just rip some, like, 30-yard web wedge shots, which with a tempo that I just – I can't even begin to describe. But the craziest thing is probably one of the best practice facilities on earth is only used one week a year. The it's members nuts. are not allowed to use it. Like, let them use it for eight months of the year. And then you, with their budget and their agronomy, they can get it back to pristine for tournament condition. But they don't use it. It just sits there perfect. 
all year round, and then these guys get to go out there and just. You, you know what's crazy? I heard today me. one of the guys I, uh, uh, a writer and podcast host that I follow um, with the fried egg, Andy Johnson. They do a media lottery. Okay, so you put your name in for the lottery, and, and the media gets to go out there. If you win the lottery, you get to go out there and and play on Monday. And he played yesterday. And I was listening to him and his podcast, kind of recap some of it. They got to use the tournament practice range and the members don't and the members don't he said he How actually walked possible? to the members range just assuming that's where he was gonna go hit and they're like oh no you can go over to the tournament range he's like what there's a oh, story of there's a story about jeff knox who's one of their amateurs who's like a plus two or three handicap he's always the one that goes out as a as a playing he was. marker he was. Or was he i guess one when they first opened it he went out there with a bucket of balls or a bag of balls and started hitting balls and Billy Payne came over and said, no, 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 you can't use this. You got to go use the other range. And he's like, what? What the hell did we build this for? <laughs> hey, members, you're assessed X, Y, and Z, but you can't use it. <laughs> I did see the new marker tee off. That guy's a stud. I don't know how you get a membership at that age, but kudos to however that worked out for him because it's good work if you can get it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he smoked it. He was playing with – um God, I got my parody sheet right over here. I should go grab it. Um, but I mean, he absolutely smoked it on um two up the hill. And I'm just sitting there going, Man, who is who's that guy? I look on the sheet, he said, Marker. I don't know who he is, but the guy's a stud and he's really young to be a member. It's just that was my initial feeling. Like, how do, what is the uh here? What's the process for that? Is it just like the club champion or who do they give that honor to? I believe it's a little more than the club champion. I think there's kind of a vote. It's kind of a unanimous decision. It's like that. This is the guy we want. I'm sure there's also a, a feeling of how does he present himself? How does he hold yeah, himself? And I'm sure there's represent the club there that doesn't represent the club maybe properly, but you know, everyone's got all do. a yeah. couple of, a couple of different people, um, colorful people at every club. Right. So I'm, I'm sure there's, one or two guys that are pissed off it's not them but yeah. this guy this guy could obviously you know he can get his ball around there to say yeah. <laughs> i'm still shocked cuz he looked younger than i was and i'm just like what the fuck are you doing with your life how did you get here like where did i, where did I really <laughs> screw my opportunities up right he's a member at augusta and he's the marker for the for the masters that's yeah he's he's doing right be like what, is this a legacy membership like what happened it here? could be it could be they do have this do they yeah it's horseshit they get passed down <laughs> they get passed down if, if a member dies um we had an old member at the foundry golf club who was a member at augusta his dad was a member passed away and they gave it to him wow ah that's awesome good for him all right, so McLean, I'm sure you're just going to be so excited for this next segment. Let's talk the live guys. I'm a. Little- I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this up front. I mean, they surprised the shit out of me because if you were going to tell me, hey, a couple of guys are going to finish top five, I'm like, okay, well, Cam Smith and DJ, right? Those are you know we've kind of all talked about. Those are the, the two best players that we think on that tour. And then you got a couple of lesser known guys that are probably still really good guys like Joaquin Neiman, Abe Answer, Taylor Gooch, but just maybe not as established as, you know, Cam and, and DJ. And then you had a bunch of question marks. Where are they health wise? You look at the scores on Liv, they're not playing well. And then Brooks wins, I guess, the crooked cat in Orlando. 
the last live event we didn't get the chance to discuss that because we didn't have a show last week they said that and, golf course was a dog track <laughs> i actually didn't watch like a second of it a very good, the couple clips that i saw looked like it was in rough shape it was in rough shape but it's a public golf course that does probably you know fifty thousand rounds a year yeah yeah so he wins so it's like oh is he you know because you know, I think I think what most people think of Brooks Kepka, especially recently biased, is full swing, right? Even though that full swing episode's a, a, essentially almost a year old, you yeah. watch that full swing episode and you're like, oh man, this guy's in a bad place. Like it was really bad place. I mean, he was saying, like, I can't compete with these guys. And so you're like, well, well he's never gonna compete in the Masters. And almost wins yeah. the damn thing. Phil Mickelson, the ghost of Phil Mickelson comes with out of nowhere, Patrick Reed finishes top five. Um, and so they surprised me. And I'll, I'll say this, this is going to sound like a dig and me being negative on live, but it's not, I'm not trying to make it a dig. They flipped the switch. What I mean by that is I think some of these guys are truly going through the motions a little bit on the live tour because they know it's not ultra competitive and they have a guaranteed paycheck. And then they got they got the juices of, oh fuck! I remember this. This is awesome. This is great. I want to do this again, kind of thing. Not I'm saying that they're going to leave live, but they're like, oh yeah, this is the shit. And and they stepped up their game and they flipped on that switch, which a lot of people, myself included, questioned whether they could do that or not. Um, and so I think yeah, they're like, hey, we got a lot of pressure. They had a chip on their shoulder, and some of those guys wrote it. Yeah. No, I, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, they they live for that. I mean, most of these guys, I know they went for the money, um, which, you know, we, we listened to, you know, the comments of, um, Varner. gosh, Varner, Harold Varner saying that, like, hey, let's, let's be honest. We went over there for the money. I know they're telling us, they're coaching us not to say that, but that's why they went. But, you know, these guys all live for the dramatic. They like they like the, the limelight. They like being in the mix. They like being on TV. And they're, I think they're irritated that the live door hasn't taken off. And now they have a chance to prove how, how good they are and that they, they still are the best players in the world. And they, a lot of them showed up, you know, I mean, look at these, these numbers and uh, you know, you've probably seen this uh, Phil Mickelson, you know, world golf ranking 425 books, Kepka 118 Patrick Reed 70th. These players are not, they're better than that. They're, oh, they're yeah, better yes, players yes. than what the ranking is. So, uh, again, I mean, that's a whole nother, a whole nother segment. But they, they definitely need to f- fix that. Now, whether or not you you like the setup of the Live Tour, you know, or not, there's still you've got a bunch of really top tier players playing, and there's got to be some compensation for that. Like. You, can't just completely let these guys drop off the face of the earth even though you just it's it is a competitive tournament that these guys are all competing in and they're all playing in the same place so there's got to be something something to that and hopefully they'll fix it i don't know how quickly they'll do it but uh, i mean again you've got three guys that are not inside the top 70 that finished second second fourth in the masters so i mean the guys are still playing you know top tier golf um I mean, Phil Mickelson is a little bit of a surprise. I mean, he hasn't been playing well He's at all. He's a huge in the last surprise. Year. The guy's barely been breaking yeah. par on Lou. But, I mean, at Augusta, not a surprise. I mean, outside of Tiger, it played, you know, the best golf of anybody at that go- at that place. You know, and, and Tiger is a shell of what he was, so we weren't really expecting, 
you know, a whole lot out of him, you know, this week. I mean, I expected him to make the cut, which he did. I didn't, I was hoping that he wouldn't have to withdraw, but I did foresee that, you know, possibly happen in the weather. I mean, you see that, you see the, uh, Jason Day said that, and I don't know, this could be bullshit. This could be Tiger. Pop through his skin. I'm like, what? At the what PJ Championship this? last year when he WD, that was the story that came out with. That's, um, yeah, Sounds I mean, so we can bizarre, you can maybe but... get to the Tiger a little more in depth, uh, but in a in a little bit. But real fast, I once I saw that he had to play 27, 28 holes, that was the exact scenario yeah. before the week started. I was like, that's not going to be good for him. He's not going to do that. And sure enough, he he WD'd. But McLean, what's what's your take on on your boys, the live love boys, your crew there? First off, let me just go ahead and say this much. The live tour itself is starting to sour on me because they're not keeping up with what they did to get all those guys over there. I hate that it's become what I feel like is a bait and switch. These guys started off there on private planes with food spreads, flying everyone around, all expenses paid, and all of a sudden that's all dried up. So that's become very sour to me in the way I look at it. Now, I still understand why these guys are over there. I like what they're doing. I hope they get to a point where the product does become better. I don't think they're getting any more players. I, I just I don't think they're getting any more players. If they kept everything up that they did to draw in the initial players, I think they might have had a chance. But now I just don't see it benefiting, especially not playing places like Crooked Cat. They did say that I, I did see a rumor. This may not be true, but that the original event was supposed to be hosted at Alworth, and apparently Alworth backed out, and Orange County National stepped up to um, take over the event. It also surprised me that they didn't go over to Lake Nona based off of the fact that you've got Poulter, Casey, G-Mac. and GMAC, some other guys that are you know Nona members. So that that surprised me. Um, on the back side of that. Well, Nona, think, Nona hosts an LPJ event. They might not have wanted to host two. That could have been a. Then the live tour, if the live tour can't outpay True. Good LPGA point. LPGA event. <laughs> Good point. What the fuck are we doing? And for only 48 guys. That's it. That's what I'm saying. You know, the 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 cost of the course, of course, as near as great. Um, it, it's it's a shame what the tour is starting to. I mean, it just looks like the initial stages of folding. They're not still funding it. They have the money to fund it. And that's the bigger thing about it. If this was a true business entity, which I'm not necessarily saying they're not, but it, at the same time, they make so much money that funding this is really not the issue. It's the fact that they've reined it in and bait and switched and bait and switched it on these guys that I and I think I think some of the players are regretting it because of the bait and switch 100%. on them too. They one hundred from some of the rumors you're hearing. One hundred percent, I agree with that. But I also think that they're going to make enough. And I think I don't think anyone, any of the top players, extend their contract. From what I understand, everyone's under a four year contract. And I think that's where it is. I think these guys are going to come back. They're going to make a monetary investment, probably have to sit out a year, and then they'll have an opportunity to play back on the PGA Tour, at least the case of the top guys. I did have a really good argument, or not a good argument, really good conversation with some guys at the hospitality house this week of what does it look like for those guys to get back. And in my eyes, you know, you come in, you can play on past champion status. You have to play, pay your whatever your monetary um, penalty is. But if you're a guy like a, you know, a Taylor Gooch, for example, who at that point may not have any status, he's got to go back through Q school. He's going to have to pay a penalty and go back through Q school just like anyone else was. And I think that's, sure. I think that's how this is going to go down eventually. Like I said, in four years. So watch out for, you know, 2027 or 26. What would it be when they start? 2022. So yeah. 
2027 would be probably the first year that you would see guys start back. to make a move back. I would also guess that there's going to be a sit out time, you know, maybe oh, six, for sure. 12 months, whatever it is. So we may not see these guys play again until 2028, but I think the PGA tour will have to start making a ruling on what it's going to look like for these guys to get back in 2027. So I think that's all almost inevitable at this point from, from where my stance is. And I, I've lost a lot of it's lost a lot of its allure, not with the bait and switch. It's lost a lot of the allure for me with the bait and switch. Now, on the back side of that, it goes to show there's still a lot of great guys over there, and that these guys are either got the juices flowing or that they're practicing more than we know. I thought Brooks coming off of a win at the Live Tour gave him a, a strong trampoline to play well this week. And that's why he's clearly healthy now. 100% clearly healthy. He looked good. I mean, he, he looked good. He had a couple of errant shots. Um, but they were mostly in difficult situations. He lost the driver a little bit, but outside of that, it's like that. The big one I remember is just that chip shot on 12. And that to me was kind of where the tournament got away from him. You know, he had an opportunity to get that up and down and stay into it. And he ends up making bogey. Um, you know, that was, it was just a bad shot. It was a hard shot. Don't get me wrong, but it was just a bad shot. It never had a chance to even get on the green. So it shows that there is some fraction of rust probably there. I don't disagree that there are guys that are probably not practicing the way they once were. Um, I, You can't tell me DJ's out there grinding the way he once did. I just I just can't believe it. He's fat. Oh, yeah, he's been putting on weight. He's not. I'm just telling you, he is. He's cashed in. He may not come back. He got paid so much. He may never play again. Yeah, that, may just cash in. that contract's up, and he's going to be running up. Um, he'll be 40 something by then on, uh, on his, one of his yachts. So that wouldn't surprise me at all, but I think which is a bummer guys. because this guy was, he, he won every single year on the PJ tour that he was a member. He, he won a tournament, but no one else can say that, you know, no one, not even tiger. You know, there was some years. I mean, when he got hurt, like, obviously I don't, I think there was a couple of years where he got hurt. And, and didn't win on, on tour, but every year that TJ has been a member of the PJ tour, he's won a, a PJ tour event, which is it's incredible. Well, I don't think DJ ever played for history. No, that's he not his not his thing. But the talented dude, though. So I mean, yeah. again, one hundred percent. You want to see the best guys playing. Yeah, but you know, to your point though, McLean, you know, I think we all kind of, you know, Mike, I know you wanted to see the best players playing together and this kind of fractured that in the, in the yeah. interim but i think in the end like we've said if this is what it, it seems like it's gonna it's gonna happen we're gonna get all these guys back or some of these guys back but now we're gonna get some elevated these elevated events we're, we're pushing again i always thought the pushing the pga tour to you know get off their get off their hands and and to to make this a better tour to play a, a tour a a tour for the players a little bit more uh and for the fans i think i think i think it's going to be a better product in the end i, I do think that it probably the, the live tour is not gonna not gonna succeed i, I just don't see uh, you know 40 the 48 man field i thought that they would back off of that but the 48 man field three three rounds is just it's just it's not enough to keep anybody in and, and there's not enough history there but anyway but yeah i i do think that that's probably probably going to happen yeah, I will yeah, say I, was, I do think Patrick Reed is still practicing. I think this sure. is all he has. You know, he's got his wife, her brother. I don't think anyone else likes him, so he has to play golf. Um, it is what it is. You know, yeah, I, right. I do yeah. think he's still practicing. I think he's still playing. 
Uh, he's obviously looks like he's playing well. I think he has more of a chip on his shoulder at Augusta than probably anyone else being from Augusta. Well, he also he also gets more reps too. He plays in all these Asian tour events that he can play that's in. My like point. these other that's guys don't point. really play that much elsewhere. They just play the live events. But Patrick Reed, not only does I think he's practicing more, but he's traveling to who the hell knows where over in Asia and playing some of these yeah. just no name events. So no, he's out there to play some golf. So I think we'll see him back on the tour one day. I think you'll see my hopes is Abraham Abraham answer. You know, Taylor Gooch. Waco. Um, Yako's without question going to be back out there one day. Um, you know, these guys made enough to put some money in their pockets and become financially secure. But I think at the end of the day, they'll be back. I think those yeah. guys will. I That's think- my, my other take is, man, it's just kind of a bummer, right? You see them all together and you're like, yeah, it's just kind of a bummer. We don't get to see some of these guys more. And don't get me wrong. I I, I don't really like Brooks Kepka. I really, really, really don't like Phil Mickelson. I don't <laughs> like, I really don't like Patrick Reed. Um, some of these guys I don't care about, but I I think having them on the tour is good. I think having the villains yeah. is in drama is good for entertainment value of the PGA tour. And so, yeah, you, you guys could both be right in five years from now, they're all back together and that's great. But in the meantime, it's a little bit of a bummer that we don't get to see these guys that much. No, I agree with that. And Brooks, I like on the course. I'm not a fan of him off the course. Correct. You know, he's that guy that wears the track suit with no shirt, South Florida style. And it's just <laughs> like, that's not a good look. I can't get behind that. Just can't get behind it. <laughs> I just can't. And I see too much of that down here as it is. Oh, man. What else? Um, what else from the weekend? Scotty Scheffler, a little disappointing. He little putted disappointing. awful. Just absolutely awful. Um, I mean, he's not the best putter in the world. Let's talk about Sam Bennett. We got into it briefly for a second. Yeah. But, look, I got to watch this guy play, and the one thing I will say is that he had the swagger going in position, and that's what I really noticed in person. He had the swagger going in position, and watching him play, and it's not like he was playing in – a uh, a small group either you know he had uh what Scheffler and Spieth if I'm not mistaken the Homa. first two days Scheffler and, and Homa sorry Scheffler and Homa two of the best players on the planet right this second and he's out there drumming them I mean it was yeah it's it's it was it was very impressive, impressive. it was uh, very, very impressive. impressive he does need to speed the fuck up he's got the Sergio Garcia yeah. was it 08 Beth Page the regrip the regrip the regrip and I watched I a lot of the it's I watched a lot of the USAM of of Scotty Scheffler. He makes the same pre-shot move, but it's a it's the Jordan Spieth version of the Sergio Garcia. Okay. Yeah, I, the Sam Sam Ben Sam Bennett. Like I, I don't. I, he's a. I think he's a good, nice player. I don't. I don't think we. I mean, I, does he? Does he earn his way on on tour? Probably. Uh, do I do we see him winning majors? I don't I don't think so. No, I think there's better names so. out there. Yeah. And I don't think I think he had a great run as an amateur. I think it's awesome. I don't I don't think he's it ends up being like a, a major champion. Uh I mean, does he win maybe did he get on tour and win a PGA tour event? Yeah, sure. I think he yeah. maybe could do that. Um, but I cannot stand watching the guy not be ready to hit when it's his turn and then to stand over the ball. I just I can't I can't I can't yeah, watch it. Like I, I watch, just turn the channel. Him. Like I turn the channel, I can't stand it. It makes me want to throw up. 
Watching so him during the USAM. He could be a nice guy. I don't know, but I don't want to watch him play golf. Watching him during the USAM was – it was a, a lot. I watched, like, probably the quarterfinals in, maybe more than that. And, man, I was like, man, dude, just hit the ball. Just swing. Swing it. Do it now. Uh, uh, how about now? Or now? Like, just hit it. Um, but, yeah, I think there are – I mean, it was – you know, not trying to take anything away from the guy. No, he unbelievable performance, unbelievable yeah. performance. Uh, he does have some swaggers. He's a little cocky. Um, just awesome performance. But I, I think you're right, Jay. I don't, I don't think he's like the next thing on the PGA Tour. No. I think there's a lot of other guys out there. Um, Ludwig Aberg, the Swede. I think he's at Texas A and M. Maybe. No, I think he's at Vandy. Sam Bennett's at Texas A and M. Oh, sorry, he's at um, Texas Tech. I oh, think is where Ludwig Aberg is. Nice. He's he's like three for three or four for four already in PJ Tour cuts made. Um, no one's really talking about Gordon Sargent, who is just well this week, but everybody didn't play well. Him gets up. the ball a mile. He's only a sophomore in college. He's out there. Michael Thurbornson from Stanford, who I got on one screen up here at the Western Collegiate at Paso Tiempo. That guy's made multiple cuts on the PGA tour already as a 20 year old. So there's a lot of really good AMs out there, folks. So be careful. We don't anoint this kid as yeah. you know, the next thing. Cause he, he played his ass off um, in the masters. But again, great performance. Which is great. Great for him. I mean, you know, that's, there's, there's plenty of players that, that can just, they're great in the moment and they're like, Hey, I can get this done. Uh, but you know, week out, week in and week out, you know, the PGA tour, I, I don't think he competes at the level that some of these, some of these guys can, can play at. Um, yeah. he, I just don't see, I don't see all the tools, you know, that would separate him. I mean, obviously he's a great player, hits the ball solid, really kind of a funky little move, but hits it, hits it cleanly. Be yep. careful. Be careful. Just saying, I watched it in person. It's, all right. No, he, he hits it good. I'm, I'm, not, yeah, I'm saying that's he's great. He's not like, one of I the think... longest players in the world. He has one of the things that a lot of great players have, and it doesn't necessarily come down to anything with the golf ball or the golf club. I think he's pretty mentally tough, and he's extremely comfortable with his game and how he swings the golf club. He's not out there trying to make the most perfect golf swing in the world, and that's one of the things that we no. can take from most of the best players out there. Not all. You have guys that have like a Rory and a Tiger that have just incredibly sound and, you know, perfect golf swings for lack of, you know, more detailed description. But he wouldn't, you know, he reminds me of a Furyk. Uh, and that's a big statement, but I, I'm just saying with a guy that didn't necessarily statement. that didn't necessarily we're big Furyk fans on this podcast. I hadn't talked about yeah, it. Yeah. Wow, Jim, how you doing? We'll get back to Hope Tabitha as well. Uh, long yeah, story short, he's got a little bit of that swagger because Jim Furyk, you know, he doesn't necessarily look like the bulldog that he is, but Jim Furyk is an absolute killer. And yeah. he went about his game, was never scared about hitting it 30 yards behind someone, was never scared about his ability to get it done as a player. He had that confidence. I'm just telling you, watching him, it wasn't a matter of – he wasn't in the moment. He was trying to win the golf tournament. That's what I noticed about him. Forget uh, and I, I agree. I mean, I don't – I'm not I'm, – That's I, tough I, to do as an amateur at the Masters, though. That's very it, tough it, to do. It is tough to do, and I think there's a little the the the, the 
you know, the honeymoon phase, the newness of it, and hey, the no pressure. Uh, I'm an amateur. I'm not playing for any money. Let's see what he does again if he's playing for his livelihood again and and trying to play through these sponsor exemptions and how well he does. Again, he's a good good ball striker, not the longest player. Plays yeah. plays kind of slow. Um, again, do I think he gets on tour? Yeah. Do I think he has a chance to win tour events? Yeah, because of that confidence. I, I agree with you 100%. Do I think he's going to be – you know, a major champion and, and be, you know, a, a force to be reckoned with on the PGA tour. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, but that's not to shed light on uh, or to, to throw shade on, on the, the skills that he has. I, I do think, I and mean, obviously he won the U S amateur. He's a great player and he played yeah. great at the, at the USAM. I'm just thinking that what the way we were kind of anointing him through those first two rounds, like, Oh, this guy's the next, the next, the next thing. I'm like, He's not. I don't think he's the next thing. I, do I think he's going to be on the tour? Yeah, I do think he because because of that mental toughness. I don't necessarily. I don't disagree with that entirely. I'm not necessarily saying that this guy is the next big thing. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do think he's going to have some longevity out there. I think the fact that he came yeah. back after Thursday and fired another good round was probably the most impressive thing because we see a lot of yeah. players go out there the first event. It's unexpected, and they go out and fire a good one. Well, he was playing with Homa and Scheffler and threw up back to back. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Wait yeah. a second. Because to do it yeah. on Friday is a big difference to doing it on Thursday. And that yeah. was where he, he had that back to back. And, you know, he played, he shot 76 in the rain on Saturday. Sure. I don't, I, I can't even fault him for that. I mean, that was no. horrendous conditions. It was pretty bad. Horrendous conditions. Here I mean, with Kepka and Rom. And the actual pressure now of, hey, you're in the final pairing. That's exactly right. So I, I don't – that wasn't a turnoff for me. Um, Sunday, you know, he, he he played okay, didn't get it done. But at the end of the day, I just think that – I do think we're going to see more of him. I think it is a, kind of a cool story. I love his tattoo he has. You know, he lost his dad in 2021. Uh, yeah. Tattoo that he had, which is of his dad's actual note that he wrote him uh, basically on his deathbed. And it said, uh, God, I'm going to botch this, but, you know, don't wait to do anything was basically, I think, what it was. And that may yeah. be correct or do it today. Do it. Don't wait. A lot of respect to be given there. Really cool story. And that, that was a cool, I hope cool that, story. I hope that the more we learn about him, he's a likable guy and he's someone that we can pull for in the future. Sure. I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to like him. His, his interviews didn't help him, but I'd like to like him. And I mean, I'm just I being honest. like, I, I didn't I watch his interviews. And I'm like, ah, I don't really like this kid. I, I do like the story. And I love the story with his dad, you know, obviously, you know, and, and, and how, how he kind of fought through that and how he's playing, uh, you know, given those circumstances, which is, you know, incredible, but, you know, listening to him in the interviews, I'm like, nah, I could not listen to that guy again. Um, but Anyway, personal preference. All right. One more thing before we get to our picks here. Eldrick. Here's what I want from Tiger. So we talked about him quick, quickly. I had a feeling that the 27 holes in a day was not going to be good for him. And it might, you know, derail him. Um, I want him to play whatever he wants to play this year. And then next year, I want him to announce it's his last year. Play all four majors. Get the reception, get the walk up 18, get the tip of the cap, get the fan appreciation, and then 
go off and maybe in a couple of years, if he wants to play the champions tour, great. Um, I don't, I don't want to watch this anymore. I don't. <laughs> well, look, if he didn't have, so I watched him from 20 feet from me on 10, hit his iron shot in there. It was a skosh of a limp, but it was 80 degrees outside. Yeah. The sun was shining. It was beautiful out. You couldn't really tell it other than what we've already seen with his normal um, kind of pace, his normal, um, there's a word, his cadence. Uh, gate. His gate, cadence, whatever you want to call it. Um, it looked good. The swing looked good. And was walking now, as as anyone who's been there knows, there's a ton, a ton of camber and undulation to that golf course that you really can't tell unless you're there. If it was not... 48 degrees and raining, I think it would have been a different story. I don't think it would have been. I don't think he would have had to withdraw. And also having to play, you know, 30 holes or whatever it was, 28 holes, whatever he had left. um, I just, I don't think that would have been as much of an issue. I think the weather kind of got him and anyone that has had. Oh, for sure. It made it way worse. It made it way worse. So. I don't want to see him stop trying. I, I'd like it. I'd like him to you know, be maybe a little bit more selective. You know, he should be playing this week at Harbortown, a golf course that has no hills and is 6,800 yards. Um, that Go find some of those tracks. Go find some places where you know that you can walk 72 holes. Go find some places where you can still get out there and compete because we know we're going to see him play Champions Tour golf with the car. He's already said that. He's that type of competitor. He's never been in it for the money. That's why he has so much of it. You know, he he's a competitor at the end of the day. I want to see him play a Champions Tour. I want to see him play as often as possible. And getting to watch him hit two shots on uh, on Friday and one of them from me to, you know, my screen door over here, it was awesome. It still gave you those juices. It's still like, and of course, for my buddy who'd never seen him, never seen him, I'm like, hey, that's Tiger. Like, it's like it's, he still brings those moments. And if you guys were there and you were, and you were right there next to him, you'd have felt the same way. I know you do because we're all the. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I would fan, right? But I do, I do agree with you that it 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 does suck to watch him go into the bad limp and have to quit. It's not a good look. Doesn't do anything for his brand, but he's got so much money. The brand at this point isn't even an issue for him. And he's not out there playing to try and protect a brand. He's not trying to, to, you know, sell a Jordan golf shoe or sell a Greg Norman golf shirt. He's out there merely trying to win a golf tournament. And that's what I respect. And the fact that he made the cut again, 25 straight cuts made as a pro in the masters, never missed the cut as a professional at the masters. Unbelievable. He's had to withdraw, but I still 23. 23. 23 tied with it's, it's Freddie and Gary Player. Uh, no, I thought I thought he was at 25. Is he at 23? 20, no, it's 23. 20, he tied. 23 oh, I apologize. And, I'm sorry. So he needs to make one more to, one more. to have that record. But, but I mean, hell, he, like, you, to your point, McLean. If, if the weather's right, not, I think he plays all four rounds. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. To your about point, it. though, with the with – the, well, he's not selling anything. Hell, he's – He's not even wearing his own damn golf shoe. Scotty <laughs> Scheffler wears Tiger Woods golf shoes, and he wears foot joys. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. the weirdest thing that nobody's talking about. Like 
Tiger Woods has his own golf shoe with a different company, and he's wearing shoes from a, another company. Like, I, I mean, Nike's got to just be like, what is going on right now? Like, can't you make this guy shoe damn shoe? That, yeah, it's not comfortable at all. Like, can't you make him a shoe that, like, that was what he wants? Like, what are you waiting for? This has been like, it's been like eight months, right? Or something crazy like that. that. It was, he showed, up at, he showed up at last, it's been a year. He showed up at last year's Masters. It was the first time we saw him in foot choice and they have not been able to make him a shoe that works for him yet, which is remarkable. And I get it. The shoe, the style he's wearing with foot joy is their modern version of an old classic, right? So it's, yeah. it's a heavier, it's more stable, firm, more stable, firm sole. And yeah. what Nike makes is athletic shoes with spikes. Yeah. But right? Nike should be able to obviously make something that gives them. They should be able to make something for him. They give him that sort of stability. Um, but the shoe that Tiger's wearing is it just it provides stability, it doesn't provide comfort. Correct. I think I think that's where it's right now. So you can finish a damn freaking major. Like, I don't know. I I hate seeing him. I'm not trying to be hypercritical because obviously he got his leg crushed, you know. What so about I it uh, like, but I'm like, like, gosh, I just hate seeing him freaking withdrawal. Like I want to know the text message that he sent to JT when JT bogeyed the last hole to let him into the cut. That's that's what I really want to know. And it's still something not to take away. Tiger bogeyed the last two holes. He wasn't yeah. one, which was not necessarily out of the golf tournament at the time, knowing what Tiger's capable of. Um, I mean, God, it just it was cool. And the funny part, so when we got to the hospitality house on Thursday, the – you know, we're just kind of learning the ropes, talking to some people that work there and everything. And they're like, oh, yeah, grab your seats because it's going to get crowded. We got to figure out where Tiger is. As soon as Tiger is in certain places, this place is going to load up. And they're like, hey, where's Tiger? And it, that was like their barometer of when it was going to get loaded, when they're putting on more food, when they're going to get, you know, everything prepared for the crowd to come in. And it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, I got it. I love Speaking the guy. Of, he's, I just don't want to watch needle. this. He's still the needle. Oh, yeah. Still the needle. I mean, I sat there in the middle of the day. We had stuff going on. You know, it was on a Saturday for him, you know, I guess with all the finishing of the the second round. And I'm watching to see if he makes the cut. And then I'm watching to see if JT makes some bogeys. Speaking of, there's JT playing just JT golf. Don't go there. Don't Don't go there. Don't go there. Why not? Why not? I mean, let's let's talk about it. Look, call your boy Rory overrated. He missed the cut by way yeah, more. He played like shit. He, and I've already talked good, about it. And he played in the good wave. Yeah, he played JT like shit. played in the and shit that, wave. But JT's been playing much worse golf over the last year and a half. Well, no, I, I wouldn't say a year and a half. He won a major last year, Jay. I mean, for the grand scheme of things, he did win a major, but overall, the okay. top of what well, he's put out. I love Rory. I love them both, right? So I'm arguing for two guys that I absolutely love. They're two of my top five guys that I love on the PJ Tour. Rory hasn't won a major in eight years, almost yeah, almost nine I, years. Yeah. So, Sure. I mean, just not just based judging off of, of just majors, but how have they been playing, the type of golf they've been playing? Sure. But I think Rory right now would take – Take a major over winning the RBC Canadian Open, like yeah. I mean, they all would take a major. He still yeah, has so more. So that matters. That, 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 that weighs a lot more. 
Uh, it's still not. Again, my argument is that I don't think JT is in that that elite level, and I think he's he's slowly trending his way out of that, and okay, he's I, right on the cusp of being in the top so ten. Much. I love you so much, but I'll never disagree on anything more with you. Like, well, yeah, you think JT is an, a, is an elite elite player? He's on the top talents, and he can beat John Rom, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. You think, and, and Roy McIlroy? You think that he's that that type of player? Yeah, because, I don't. I don't because. Because JT had some years when both of those guys were on tour where he was beating both of them. John Rahm's on the top of his game right this second. I think JT's going to have a return to form. I think Rahm and Scheffler could have a little bit of a drop-off. And a drop-off means that they'll turn into a 7-12 to ranked player in the world. Not that they're going to lose their fucking game, but they're, no, they're no. not going to have their best year. That's happened. Sure, yeah, that's, that's, that is cyclical. Golf. that's golf. It's cyclical. It's, it's golf. And JT's going to have years where he gets back into that top five without question. He could, he, here's what, here's the only thing I'll say about this. JT to me is one of those guys that can, has the ability to ascend to number one. He has the mental game. He also has the, the totality. Yeah, see, that's where I, that's where I disagree. I do not think that he has the game to be a, do, a dominant number one player. I don't, I don't think, think that. Any no, of them a dominant, dominant number one's different. A dominant number one's different. I'm not saying he's going to get there and stay there for you know four years. But I think he's one of those guys that can go on a run and get himself in position to become one of the number one players in the world. Now, how long he holds on to that is different because that's how golf reacts. That's how golf that's is right now. We got we've had three 100%. number ones in the last three months. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see, I, I don't, yeah, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see that. You I don't see that. You see, I don't see the mental toughness. What's you that? Think you think Fidal is good enough to get number one? Do I, do I, I don't I don't no I don't think that John, I don't think Tony Finau is as good as Scotty Scheffler John Rom I don't think that he's in that I think he's an incredible player uh, Tony Finau talent talent wise I don't think he has the mental the mental toughness to be a dominant player either no I don't I don't think so no he's got nine kids he's too distracted yeah maybe maybe uh, you know there's there you know we when we sat here and talked to Curtis about about that and like you know they're there are some guys that have, you know, that type of that type of mentality that can handle that pressure, you know. And there's some guys that are just super ultra uber talented where they just fall into those. I would almost say that Rory is kind of that way, you know, where he's just he's been so uber talented that like he just finds a way to to win because he's just he just ends up having a great week and just plays so much better than everybody else. But like mental toughness, making those big putts at the right time, like you see somebody like John Rom do that. Like that guy's got it. That guy makes clutch putts. Tiger, obviously, we know. Um, you know, there's there's a few. There's only a few guys that make these big big putts. I would put Brooks Kepka up there. You know, he's made some big big putts and finished some tournaments off. You know, he's one of those guys that he he may not. He may not do it week in and week out, and that may be a character flaw on his part, not working hard for those other events. But when when it's crunch time and the lights are on, I t- I'll take that guy. I'll take that guy over a lot of other people. You know, he 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 finds a way to get it done, and he makes putts, and and he gets it. He, he gets the ball in the hole when he needs to. And obviously, he's won four majors. But yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's let's get to our picks. We got to get McLean to bed. He wanted a quick show tonight. So, um, we've, Cali in the morning. We've been off the last couple of weeks. Um, the tally in points, we actually all made six points in our year long 
um, contest the last couple of weeks. Jay's coming off the victory. I came in last. I had by four points. It was close. Brooks could have literally finished second, but finished closer, and I would have won. Even with two guys that missed the cut, I can't believe that. And that Zalatoris would draw. He got zero fucking points. And JT missing the cut by one. Sorry, so, I've been waiting to get that yeah, on my chest. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. All right. So I'm I'm in a really, really I can get at this point. I'm in a really, really bad place with my uh, gambling and picks and selections. Um I had a bad, bad weekend, boys. Uh, I can say that right now because at this point in the in the podcast, my wife will not be listening tomorrow. Yeah. So, whew, I had a bad weekend. So it was, it was not good. What I did this week was absolutely zero research. <laughs> I'm gonna go, go first. Go I did absolutely zero research. I did go back to some people I haven't picked in a long time. I'm hoping to like when I was doing well that these guys will kind of resurrect my uh, my picks. I, the, the bad thing was tonight I was looking at some people's predictions, and a lot of them were mine. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I did zero zero research. I made my team in about two minutes. I don't even know if I changed out a single person. I just made my six picks, hit submit, and I'm in. So I'm going to start at the bottom. Where am I here? $7,000. Adam Svensson. Um, no idea if he's a course fit. He did just miss the cut um, at the Masters, but had the bad side of the draw. So I'm not going to completely hold that against him. First-time participant. Hard place to kind of get your bearings right away, but has been playing well. Adam Svensson. Then I will go up to this guy. I'm not sure I've ever picked him on this show. I love the guy. I want him to have a resurgence. Not sure if it's going to be this week at all, but $7,600, Ricky Fowler. Yeah, I like that. I I don't think I've picked him on this show in the two-plus years we've been doing it, but we're going to try this week. What the hell not? I'm like George Costanza. Everything that I normally wouldn't do, I'm just going to do the opposite. I like that pick. I I think Ricky's going to play well. I think he's going to play well. He just had the week off, so he's a little rested. He didn't go through all the gruelingness, you know, because this is an elevated event, so it's a very, very strong field. All the top players are back that we just watched, except for the live guys that we just watched this past week. So, I don't know. We're going to take a shot at Rookie Fowler. Then I'm going to go up to a guy I picked a ton last year. Haven't picked him at all this year. I need some good juice, some good mojo. Shane Lowry. I think he fits this golf course pretty well. He does. He does. Maybe he hasn't been playing great, though. He's starting to maybe kind of get out of a little slump. I don't know. Shane Lowry. Then <laughs> Super I'm gonna... confident when he follows it up with an I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely can't be confident in any pick I make. Even if I was confident, I shouldn't be confident. Then I'm going to go up to 8,500. Tom Kim should fit this golf course perfectly. Yeah. Then I'm going to go up to um, 8,600. Sung J M. Plays every week, so a long, tough stretch here of golf courses shouldn't affect him. And then I go up to one of my whoobies. I haven't picked him in a long, long time. His game fits this golf course great. Colin Morikawa, $10,000. You're fucking reading my picks. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, I let me just knock this out, Jay, because he's already not too back of what I fucking have. <laughs> Do it. Um, Colin Morikawa, Tom Kim, for the reasons that have already been mentioned. Uh, both are going to fit well for this golf course. I also have uh, Victor Hovland, uh, 9,800, guy who I think is going to fit this golf course incredibly well. Small greens should work out well for him. Horse for a course, Mr. Brian Harmon from Savannah. Played here a lot. Talk about a guy's game that really matches up. Yep. Um, I got a, a almost a little bit of an unknown, but a guy that's uh, had a lot of success overseas. I also think really matches up Mr. Ryan Fox, 7,200. Dark horse, watch out. Yeah, he's been playing well, too. He has been playing well. And then one below him, uh, a guy who I think we're going to see play a lot of tour golf in the future and will be one of the biggest lefties in the game in five to six years, Mr. Akshay Batia. Uh, I think yeah. this is a spot where he can go out and make a name for himself um, and play this golf course well. He's close to breaking out. That That's exactly right. And everyone kind of sees it. You know, he's got a lot of big sponsors. He's got a lot of people behind him. Um, he's got special um, – Exemption, exemption status status whatever the fuck they call it these days um he's someone who i think at 6800 is kind of a really good dark horse pick um so long story short morikawa kim hovland harman fox batia watch out for him i know this okay. golf course better than any other course on the pga tour i've caddied there during the event um i lived in wilmington or i lived in hilton head for a long time uh i I, I like my squad this week. All right. And with that confidence, that's probably how you lose it. I should have just gone through my picks in nine <laughs> seconds, said fuck off and collected a trophy and kept on going with a little tip of the cap. Wait, we give trophies? See, I'm not you're not gonna bait me into being overconfident, <laughs> Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna back <laughs> off of that. Trophy. I'm gonna back off of that. Yeah, it's in uh, the form of, it's in the form of twenty seven dollars a week. I want to make a comment about one of your picks afterwards, but I want Jay to make his picks first. Okay, I will start from the bottom. Then I'll give you my sixty-six hundred dollar pick. Uh, uh, your boy McLean, Mr. Ryan Palmer. Wow, hasn't been playing great golf, but he's priced right, and he has played pretty pretty well here in the past. So, uh, jump up to Wyndham Clark, another guy who's uh, been playing some pretty good golf as of late. You know, a couple top ten finishes, the last couple starts. Um, then, uh, Corey Connors, one of the favorites at the masters put up a terrible number on Friday, again, played in a a lot of the, the kind of the nasty weather. And I feel like it was kind of one of those rounds where like, Hey, I'm not going to make the cut. Let's just get out of here. It sucks to, to have those rounds, but this guy's too good of a uh, uh, a this ball striker. This is good for him. This it's, course is good for him. Chris Kirk would be another Georgia Bulldog. That would be a good yeah. course for him. I feel like it's right up his right up his alley. Um, he doesn't have to putt well here. Uh, he, you know, obviously, if he wants to win, he's going to need to putt well. But I feel like at that price point, I feel like he's going to come back strong. He's motivated. He just kind of got embarrassed when he. Everyone kind of. You can feel when you're the, I shouldn't say the favorite to win, but a favorite to have a good week because you've had, a, you know, great history um, at that golf course. And uh, I feel like he's going to come back pretty strong. Um, then I jump up to um, a similar pick, 8,300. Shane Lowry has played really well here. I think three or four top tens. Uh, he does have one miscut, but he's played played really well here. And, and he not, coming off not a bad performance at the, at the or at the at the Masters, so he played played somewhat somewhat uh, decent there. Um, 
And then 9,300 uh, Xander Shoffley. The more and more I watch Xander, the more I realize he plays shorter and harder golf course as well. He does not hit it that far. Uh, and the more I watch him and look at the stats, like he's a, a percept- little, he's a little guy. You have a and, perception and that he I, gets I, it further I, than he does. Yeah, I think because he, because he's always in the mix in the majors. Everyone's like, oh, he's a good player. He bombs it. He doesn't bomb it. Like he's back there. But he's a really good. He's got a lot of control over his golf ball, and he is a great. He is a great putter. Um, he's one of the best putters on tour. Um, so I think that's a pretty good value for him, and I think he'll play well here. And then uh, my winner this week, um, the fastest player on tour. Um, and if he got in a fist fight with Brooks Kepka, he would certainly get his teeth knocked in. Mister Patrick Cantlay. Um, <laughs> I think he definitely. He takes this home. He comes out of this master's gloom with a win, and everyone forgets about how slow he plays. And um, he's going to give me a W. So, all right, okay, I like it. All right, real fast. One of my points I had this weekend when I was watching the coverage, I love the guy. I've railed on his short game. I don't think Victor Hovland. He might not ever win a major. <laughs> he's going to finish tenth a bunch. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you're right. I think he'll amass a bunch of top tens in majors. I love the guy. I think he's awesome. He's got a great personality. He's very easy to like. He doesn't have a great short game or a pretty awful short game. But I just there's something about when I watch him, I'm like, he's not going to get it done. Every time I see him, I'm like, I don't think he's going to get it done. He's yeah. going to win a few events here or there, nothing big. And... I don't know. I don't know why I have that gut when I wa- reaction when I watch him, but that's just what I feel. I, I can see that. It's almost like he, he just doesn't, you know, he's so laid back and it's it, in, and it's not a big deal. It's almost like you don't care. I think he cares. I, I, I don't think I, I agree with you in the sense. I don't think he's going to be like a, you know, a four or five, six major winner. I do think he sneaks out one, like maybe the right British open where he doesn't have to chip and he can putt from 50 yards out. Okay, yeah, I could see him sneaking there. one of those in and he has a great career. He makes a hundred million dollars, you know, in 20 years or something like that with the way the money is going these days. And, you know, he has a great career and maybe he has a chance to, you know, if he gets, you know, double digit PJ tour wins, he can get in the hall of fame, but I don't think he's a, yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't see him winning a bunch of majors because that's such a crutch for, for that guy, you know, to, because if you think about every major, every major winner, they, they have to have that one round because the conditions are usually tough. They have to have that one round where their short game can kind of keep the round together. And he doesn't have that where it's like, okay, well, the guys shoot one under you shoot three over and you just lose so much ground. And that that's, that's something he, that he has to rely so much on his ball out. striking. Yeah. Yeah, but so much like pressure. you look at a guy like Scotty Scheffler is not a great putter, but man, that guy can chip his ball, right? I mean, the guy yeah. chips his ass off, and so yeah, I, I don't know. I love I love Hovland. I think he's he's great. I I root for him. I just don't think he's ever going to get it done. So, yeah. um, anyways, I, I just, when he when McLean picked Hovland, I said I had that point I wanted to discuss real fast. So, um. Without further ado, unless you gents have anything else, that is it for us. We will be back uh, next week to discuss the RBC Heritage, and we thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.